Hello for Lava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Foon. Coming up, the wait continues for Marshall Islanders over the makeup of its new parliament. Also, they had big teams, but young ones. What a great future. Stars of Pacific weightlifting held in high regard. And later, Indigenous Pacific languages celebrated and preserved in the Mana Moana concert. It will be early next year before Marshall Islanders know the makeup of their new parliament following this month's election. But our correspondent in Marshalls, Giff Johnson, told Don Wiseman that one thing is for certain there will be a significant lineup of new MPs. Not necessarily changes in the domestic results in many of the um, voting uh, islands, but certainly in some of the closer ones, the current domestic result can be totally upended by just a handful of votes from outside. And the way the system works here is that it requires that postal ballots can arrive up to 14 days after the election day. So the fact is they cannot be counted until after December 4, right? So all the domestic votes ballots have been counted as of last Friday. They're still inputting into their system. This is all manual. One of the great features is nobody can hack this system because it's all manual. But it's just a matter of getting it, you know, all sorted. And and you've got about 50 or 60 islands that people vote from. They vote absentee to other islands domestically. And then this is, it's just a complicated, tedious process. But long story short, based on the almost final, still unofficial domestic results, we're looking at probably a third of the parliament will change hands. And some unusual elements to all of this as well, because a number of senior members forced to retire because of ill health. Well, this is true. And we had six members step down and not run this year, which is unprecedented uh, in my experience here. Two of the paramount chiefs who have been long-standing members of the parliament chose not to run, both for their own traditional chiefly duties as well as age uh, issues, I'm sure, come into play there. And then there's several cabinet-level ministers who were in such ill health that they weren't in parliament for a year or more. So they're out of the picture. So we were going to have six new seats out of the 33-seat chamber, no matter what. But it looks like another five or six will uh, also flip. And one thing that's interesting, this is how these small voting areas go. So as of yesterday, the vote for the Ebon Atoll Nidijela, or parliament member, between the long-term incumbent John Silk, who has been a foreign minister, fisheries minister, he's well-known in the region and internationally, John Silk running for re-election against challenger Marie Milne, who has been mayor for the last four years, making her first bid for the parliament. And the vote result, as of yesterday, is tied at 330 votes each. 
Now, of course, it's going to change with the postals, but it's just, you know, how these small constituencies can be. So there are votes like that and some others that are just a handful of votes separating candidates in the domestic vote. Yes, one of those, the Speaker, Kenneth Kitty, and yet he was the person or one of the people who was centrally involved in negotiating the compact. That doesn't seem to have done him a great deal of good as far as the election went. You know, people I've been talking to here who watch these things, and we've been talking about the fact that in 2015, as the climate cop, whatever that was in 2015, but as the climate uh, summit, you know, got going and Tony De Bruyne, the well, he was a cabinet minister, long-term member of parliament, and he is credited with being a central figure in reaching the Paris Agreement, which, you know, remains the still the benchmark uh, in global climate negotiations. Well, he lost the election, you know, right in the middle of being at the COP and, and doing these dramatic things to change the direction of the global negotiations. And I think what a lot of people see is just that, you know, he was so engaged in the international front, you know, he didn't attend as much to the local community. And local elections are just local elections. And so you never know how these things play out. And I've always felt here in the Marshall Islands that issues are really not the primary thing that get people elected. Like I hear people running on platforms of anti-corruption and so on and so forth. But quite frankly, I think it's much more about do people like you? Are you related to people? Do they see you? Do you come to funerals and weddings and birthdays? And, you know, are you an active member of the community? I mean, there just are so many things that go into how you get elected in a small community. And I think some of these bigger issues like the compact I mean, as odd as it may seem, it obviously didn't help in the case of the Speaker. All right. So we'll have a new government, definitely, at what point? So the new parliament will come in. They are obligated to meet on the first Monday of the year, I'm pretty sure. And the first Monday of the year, well, it's a holiday, so it'll be because that's January. It'll be January 1. So they will meet, I guess, the following week. So the the first working Monday, the parliament will convene in January to be sworn in and then to elect a speaker, vice speaker, and president. And then we'll know where we're going from there. Now to the Pacific Games. The General Secretary of the Oceania Weightlifting Federation has high hopes for the sport, with rising stars lifting the bar in the Games. Seen as a father figure of the sport in the region, Paul Coffer became the first coach to make it into the Weightlifting Hall of Fame in 2022 for his 60 years of service to weightlifting. Mr Coffer says it was encouraging to see so many countries bringing young weightlifters to the tournament held at the Maranatha Hall in Honiara. Kuroi Hawkins spoke with him shortly after the final event. You can't help it. It is the best sport at the Games. Um, the performances are world class. The presentation was world class. In fact, it looked like a world championship. The stage is better than the Olympic stage. Just about. So all in all, it was it was just great. Of course, 
we didn't have as many referees as possible, so it made it very difficult for the 20 referees that we had to run an event like this. Usually, you usually have about 40, 45 referees for this event, but um, uh, we didn't have the funds, and uh, we assist in every way possible. Our referees and judges uh, stayed around for 12 hours a day, more or less, but all in all, we, they just did a great job. There were some really great performances. You mentioned some re- new records set. Um, some some young young people coming through was really good to see. Um, the host nation as well put up a few uh, new lifters that we haven't seen before. What what, do you, what did you think about the the competitors overall? Look, uh, uh, we just finished uh, the super heavyweights with uh, David Leite and uh, Sanele Mao. Uh, this is uh, an event where. People pay a fortune to go and see at the at the Commonwealth Games. The standard is a Commonwealth level. We had Eileen uh, Chigamatana. Her performances was more than uh, uh, world standard. It was the ultimate. You know, five more kilos, she would have been number two in the world. She's number three at the moment. Rank Don Opelone. There's another one in there from Samoa. Those guys are the ultimate, the best. What I'm so impressed with these games is the depth of many countries coming on in the sport of weightlifting. I'll give you some names. Palau, Guam, Northern Marianas, Solomon Island. They had big teams, but young ones. What a great future. Uh, and, 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 the, and the Fiji, uh, Papua New Guinea, forget about um, Samoa. I mean, we all knew... That's some more. But even the French countries, New Caledonia, Tahiti, we've never seen lifters like that. So uh, the depth and the future is fantastic. I reckon in four years from now, you, you just have uh, a miniature of the Commonwealth Games. In fact, similar to the Commonwealth Games. Uh, I'm very impressed. Uh, finally, a little bit about being in Solomon Islands, first games for this country. Um, how has the overall, I guess, hosting of the country and holding of the games been for you? Look, uh, um, you prize the country because um, uh, it's a small country when you come to Europe and Asia and all that. And to host an event such as this, not weightlifting, but the Pacific Games is a big thing for the country. Um, having superstars like Jenny Winnie. Is going to promote the country, the sports in general more and more. I think that uh, not only uh, financially is going to be a great thing, but it's going to be a great thing for the youth of Solomon Island. Uh, my regret, the only regret that I had that I have about this game is, is I feel that they should have given the people the opportunity to see them free of charge. Uh, if we had free of charge, these players would have been packed. I saw people up on the bridge there looking yeah. through on the big screen. And, yeah. and, and, and it's sad. There's so many young kids wanted to see it and you charge them. I, I just don't know whether $50,000 or $100,000 uh, uh, Solomon uh, dollars would have been, uh, to me, it would have been better spend them by promoting the sport. So that's the only regret I have. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, and the hot weather. <laughs> <laughs> has, has there been fees charged in other games in the past? Or? No. As far as I know, they didn't have any fees in uh, Samoa in uh, 2019. 
Papua New Guinea, we had 3,000 people at the stadium we had for weightlifting, day in and day out. You know, people just coming in and enjoying it. And that's the idea of it. And not making money out of the people. I don't, I don't agree with that. More from the Pacific Games. New Zealand weightlifter David Litty says he welcomes the competition his Samoan rival Sanili Mao brings to the Olympic qualification race. The pair are the best of the best in Oceania for the over 109 kilogram category. Litty won gold over Mao with a lift total of 405 kilograms. RNZ Pacific editor Kuroi Hawkins spoke with David Litty after his gold medal performance in Honiara. Uh, very well. Um, super happy with the results. Super happy with the effort. Man, I'm so happy I get to have a competitor like Sanele. Um, and such a good coach from their team, uh, Jerry. So it's always fun coming to these competitions. And Jerry's pulled out some kid from somewhere to compete against me. So it's always, it's always good fun. Now, still three more events to go, is that right? Uh, Qualifying no. events? Uh, this is my fourth, so I only need one more. You only need one more? Yeah, I only need one more, but uh, I think I will do two more. So it's going to be a fun journey, and, man, I'm so excited. Eh? Uh, coming to Solomon Islands, um, Pacific Games, obviously, the heat. Tell us about the experience. Oh, man, it's hot. <laughs> um, it's, very, it's very good. I've never competed in heat like this before. Uh, as you know, I'm originally from Tonga. So it gets quite hot in Tonga, but Tonga has nothing compared to this. So uh, it's good fun. It's very hot, very warm. But then again, it's good for the joints and the muscles. You know, you don't have to really warm up too much. Sanele, you, you talked a bit about the competition there. Uh, I understand it's the two of you for Oceania, right? Yeah. So how do you, how is that competition? How are you feeling about that? It's great. Um, like I said, Jerry, some managed us to pull some kid out of out of nowhere to come and compete against me. So it keeps me honest. Um, it's, it's good work and I'm very excited because even if I don't make it, Sangele gets to go and Sangele gets to represent our continent so it's great, I love it and you know, he would say the same too and I'll say the same and I'll just say bring it on. And anything for the fans people following you back home? Oh man, thank you guys for tuning in I really love your guys' support and uh, thank you for always um, believing in me um, and just remember blow your kisses and not your opportunities The importance of preserving indigenous Pacific languages is being promoted through music at the recent Mana Moana concert. 80 members of the Signature Choir learned famous songs from across the region in native dialects alongside the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. RNZ Pacific's Tiana Haxton joined more than 10,000 people at the Spark Arena to witness the musical magic. The harmony of 80 Pacifica voices, fused with a 78-strong orchestra, moved the audience to tears. Hearts swelled with pride hearing the renditions of famous songs from across the region, and the crowd were on their feet, singing and dancing along. Amongst them were three generations of the Lafaele family. Granddaughter Matalawa was absolutely astounded by the awe-inspiring performances. Oh, it was absolutely magical. Um, we know our Pacific people are so gifted with their talents, um, so it's just nice to see them showcase it on a big stage with the orchestra. I've never seen anything like it before. It was so powerful. I cried three times. 
Her mother, Tui Fa'asisina, was just as touched and proud to see her culture represented in such a grand way. We're from islands of singers and, you know, we think about our ancestors and how they put music together to tell story about their families and where they're from. So it was amazing to see that tonight. We enjoy so much. The members of the Signature Choir had been preparing for months, perfecting their arrangements to create masterpieces the Pacifica communities would be proud of. Through Mana Moana, the performers showcase the indigenous languages of the region by performing 100% Pacifica music. A unique challenge for the choir as they learnt famous songs from across the region in their native dialects. Sebra Hanipale was beaming as she reflected on the experience. I felt honoured, really, to sing the different languages, and they're very uh, significant songs for each of the islands, so uh, I just felt really proud. On behalf of the different countries, you know, when we sang the Cook Islands song, just went crazy in the arena, and then the Tongans and Samoans, my people, so it's just a really, really proud moment for all the islanders. Samoan Philip Fepuleai agrees, saying it emphasised the importance of preserving indigenous Pacifica languages. It was integral that the members understood the meanings of the lyrics and their correct pronunciations. It's hard to put into words how important it is for our people to um, appreciate not only our own cultures but those of others as well. Um, and I think we all have a part to play in um, preserving, those, preserving those languages, um, whether it's ours or whether it's somebody else's. Um, we're all one Pacific at the end of the day. And, yeah, a sea of islands. It was a big deal for all on stage to do their very best with each of the beautiful songs performed. Losa Tui was a bundle of nerves on stage and relieved once the night came to an end. However, she says the experience is one that will stay with her forever. Oh my gosh, it's nerves. It's so much nerves because you've got several things going on at once. Um, I was thinking of what song, what's the arrangement, um, am I singing the right words? <laughs> lyrics oh my gosh and also are we making our people proud i think that was the biggest one and make our people proud they did thousands of islanders filled the arena dancing and singing along with flags flying high following the finale the audience burst out into spontaneous song serenading the performers on stage a powerful expression of alofa and pride The Mana Moana concert left the audience craving more. The night concluded with the team announcing the launch of their album, Mana Moana, featuring 10 incredible Pacifica songs performed by the Signature Choir and Symphony Orchestra. The album is now available online on Spotify, Apple and YouTube Music. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, Tōwha Sui Fua.